Good morning, good evening, and good day. You're listening to Drama Buds, an anima podcast. So hello everyone! Welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds, which is a first impressions episode. Uh, February was the month of premieres. Like every week, two new shows started airing. And I thought, might as well review all of them. Might as well watch nearly everything that's airing at the moment. Crazy, but you know, if it's available, I'll watch it. So I will be reviewing the first six episodes of 2521 and forecasting love and weather and for the next few episodes i will be reviewing a lot of the new shows that started airing last month so you know what the process of making this i started a k-drama diary i used to not like take notes on my thoughts before because and you know, it felt too serious. It was like, oh my god, what am I? I'm me writing a journal on like, okay, so on episode three, I felt a bit lost with the narrative choices. Like, that's a, a bit much. But I realized as I'm doing these first impressions episodes, I need to keep track of my thoughts because if I just hold it all in until I make the episode, I will not remember a single thing. So you are listening to me, to me documenting my journey with the show, essentially. Let's start with 2521, starring Kim Tae-ri and Nam Joo-yo. So background on the show, this is the writer of Search WWW, and, okay, the rumored ghostwriter of Mr. Sunshine. Look, let's all admit it. Mr. Sunshine does not feel like a Kim Eun-suk work. It, it's a little too good. There's something different about Mr. Sunshine. And Kwon Do-un is the rumored ghostwriter of Mr. Sunshine. And we have also the director of Search, WWW, uh, You Are My Spring, and also the co-director of Mr. Sunshine and The King Eternal Monarch. So these two are Kim Eun-suk and Lee Eung-bok alums, essentially. They're the next generation of them. So they've been working together a lot. And you know what, the director, more on him later, but I just, I adore this guy's directing so much. And 2521 stars Kim Tae-ri, who we've watched in Mr. Sunshine, the man, the myth, the legend, Go Asian, no matter how much I didn't like her character at times, like Kim Tae-ri delivered the hell out of it. And she was, she was at Lee Byung-hun's level, you know, for this being her first drama, like, she was with him, blow by blow, so good. And uh, Nam joo who <laughs> has been infamous, I guess, in the past year or two years because of Startup. Um, yeah, I haven't hidden that I didn't like that show and I didn't like his character. But, you know, he's here. And I also watched him in The Light in Your Eyes. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about both of them later so they started out the show with like a present day thing with nahido uh, kim teri's character uh, nahido's daughter you know running away from a ballet competition whatever and then running off to her grandma and finding her mom's old diary and that's how we're introduced to uh nahido and becky jane of the 90s 
So essentially, all of their time is like a big, big flashback as her daughter is, you know, reading through her mom's diary over the episodes. Uh, honestly, no. It was a bit of a dry start. It was very quiet and very, I don't know, out of place at the moment. It wasn't what I expected. But interestingly enough, it kind of tells you that Becky Jane and Nahido don't end up together. Or do they? Does it tell you that? Who knows? They haven't, of course, revealed that in episode 6. But honestly, honestly, I did not care about, you know, the child. <laughs> I didn't care so much about starting with the child. Uh, but we'll see where they go with that uh, narrative choice. Then we met Nahido. Kim Tae-ri as Nahido. Look. I have seen maximum, like maximum restraint from Kim Tae-ri in Mr. Sunshine. Okay? Her as go Shin is just pitch perfect. Perfect portrayal of that character. And, you know, because I've seen her on the opposite end of the spectrum, I really didn't mind that Nahido was so loud and so screechy. Very... Oh, she's very Doksun of Reply 1988, which, I mean, a lot of people are endeared by that character. I understand that. Uh, and she's the way that she is. I will not fault her for being the way that she is. She's a high schooler. Nahido is also a high schooler. I'm I'm a bit lenient with those characters when they're young because kids, that's fine. But it's just a bit screechy. It's just a bit loud. It just hurts my ears a little bit. And it's like watching, you know, Kim Tae-ri constantly screeching at a frequency at a pitch that is difficult for even me. I mean, my throat hurts for her. I I, I empathize with the throat pain that she must have experienced while having to film those scenes. As the episodes, you know, went on and we saw more of her emotional side and everything, uh, Nahido toned down a lot. And honestly, as of episode 3, when I was watching episode 3, like she was still the main character that I liked the least. Which is very surprising because I came into this loving Kim tae wanting to love her, and then I was like, this kid is annoying. And her story with like uh, idolizing Go Yurim, played by uh, Bona of Cosmic Girls, you know, the whole idol worship storyline, I really like... It was very, very interesting, actually. Very interesting to watch. It was kind of annoying to see her put someone on a pedestal. And then, you know, that's why they say don't meet your idols. Never meet your idols. Because you're developing this parasocial relationship with them where you expect them to be one way, but they're not. They're, they're not that way. And just seeing her deal with, the, you know, the cognitive dissonance of like, I thought you would be this kind of person, but you're not. And I'm... Is she mad? Is she mad at Goyurim? Not, not really, but just disappointed for not being the idol that she thought she would be. That's a you problem. It's not Goyurim's fault that she is not who you wanted her to be. It was a little annoying, but also very, very interesting to watch. And like I was super interested in seeing how their relationship would develop now that you know Goyurim's off the pedestal. Like you are not the person I idolized. You are your own person. And they're starting this like rivalry now. Now that Nahido is like rising up to the top in terms of her own confidence and her fencing abilities and everything. Right. Did I, sorry, forgot to introduce Nahido. 
high schooler, she's a fencing prodigy as a kid, but then her skills kind of stagnated and she super idolizes Goyurim for being a gold medalist fencer and even did a bunch of crazy things just to be able to transfer to Goyurim's school and train with her and also her coach in the school who is honestly, yeah, moving on to that, I love Nahido's relationship with her coach. She is finally getting the emotional support that she never got from her own mother. Uh, another factor about Nahido's character, uh, the typical mother does not support her dreams, thinks she's not a good fencer, and that's why she was never able to succeed until now, blah, 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 stuff like that. But, you know, secretly, of course, her mom still cares for her and uh, shows her concern in a roundabout way, but still ultimately wants her daughter to succeed. It's not malicious, malicious. It's just, you know how it is. So yeah, it's Nahido so far. Uh, yeah, I love her. I love her. And it, it really helps that Kim tae is just a full voice, body, face, eyes, soul actress. Like, her whole being embodies Nahido. And it just helps. This is a character that, you know, if played by someone not as good as Kim tae I would have really been annoyed by <laughs> Just because I just really don't like loud, screechy characters. Um, but Kim tae just delivers it so well. When she has to be comedic, she's so comedic. When she has to be emotional, she's so emotional. I have seen her as Go Asian with the lowest possible voice. and Just pitch perfect, you know, restraint. And seeing her as loud and rash and kind of just insane. <laughs> insane Nahido. I support it. I love it. I love to see it. So, yes. Sometimes, you know, this is what I'm looking for. When the actor elevates the role. Just makes, breathes life into it. So, love it. And then we have Nam Juyuk as Becky Jin. And honestly, his performance. Let's go to his acting first before I get into the character. I've seen this from Nam Juyuk before. You know, in the light in your eyes. I mean, very similar even. Wasn't his character in The Light in Your Eyes a reporter also? Yeah, something like that. But aside from my apprehensions and all that, like, whatever, he's here, we gotta watch him. And it helps that I just loved his character immediately. I immediately loved Becky Jin. Like, his story is so... Yeah, I just, I just feel for him. And he is the epitome of people who just got like trampled over by the times, by the whole IMF crisis. So his father's company went bankrupt and his parents had to get like a, you know, a divorce so that his the family wouldn't inherit all the debts. And then they had to scatter to different regions so that creditors wouldn't find them and stuff. So Becky Jane, he's 22 at the moment and he has this younger brother in middle school who is staying with their aunt and so Becky Jane is living alone, you know, working part-time jobs, trying to find a stable job and just keep himself afloat and he also tries to, you know, pay for some uh, expenses, like tries to give money to his aunt, like just to thank her for taking care of his younger brother. Also, yeah, just trying to keep in touch with his brother and trying to find his parents or trying to be in contact with them because, you know, that's something we take for granted. The the fact that phones are so easily accessible nowadays, we can just call whoever we want. Like, damn, back back then, like if you didn't know where someone was, you didn't know where someone was. You have no idea where to contact them. That's really sad. And 
it was like the reason why this one scene I forgot which episode ah ah in episode three he almost missed his dad who visited him in Seoul because you know Nahido thought that he was a creditor like the father was a creditor trying to hunt Becky Jin down and told Becky Jin to hide and stuff but it was actually his dad so Becky Jin chased his dad to Seoul station the bus station before he went and left and they missed each other for how long again and I don't know it's just the the emotions of that moment was really heightened by the fact that this is something we take for granted that people can just slip away and you, you wouldn't know back then so yeah when he finally met with his dad and you know he said like I I will bring our family together it's like damn can't believe he almost got me to cry there that was that was really close um yeah just something very charming about these retro shows depicting the past like things we take for granted because of technology nowadays very interesting um so by episode six like the previous episodes really focused on him suffering and just receiving the the brunt of his family separation. So I'm glad that by episode six they kind of you know settled his brother somewhere, uh, somewhere safe where he can be taken care of. So Becky Jin doesn't have to worry about him. And as of now, like he's moving on to his reporter storyline. I forgot why exactly he decided to be a reporter. I think it's because the broadcasting station said that they were going to hire high school graduates like people who didn't have college degrees and so he's he was a college student before his family went bankrupt so yeah he has no college degree so i think that's why he ended up there i will fact check maybe or yeah the show will remind us but yeah so he's currently there while nahido is in her uh national fencing team storyline so yeah like they they are on the up and up you are my starlight, you are my sunshine. No can move us And aside from the main leads, we also have you know, the squad of kids that they're not a squad yet because Goyurim, once again played by Bona of Cosmic Girls, is now Nahido's like rival in fencing from being her idol to being Nahido's rival not much to say about the others they don't get nearly as much screen time as Nahido and Becky Jin but I love them I really love the rest of the main cast like when they were all introduced the squad hasn't formed yet because they're not all friends um but when they were introduced slowly I didn't feel like why are we introducing these people you know how I am about supporting casts more on that in the other show we'll talk about today but you know how I feel about like a lot of supporting characters they all have their own story and whatever it's like that's just an excuse you just say that oh yeah let's enrich the world around the leads by focusing on the supporting cast but that's just an excuse because the story for main leads is so thin right but not in this case like i actually want more of the supporting cast i want to see more of moon Wung and jisung one so moon Wung is played by choi hyun wook who i saw in racket boys and Jisung Wan is played by Lee Jung Myung, who I've never seen before. Uh, Moon Ji Wong is like, I don't know, the pretty boy of class 7. He's just like 
the cool, charming high schooler who was somehow like the greatest flirt I have ever seen. His little love line flirtationship with Goyurim is so cute. Usually I'd be annoyed by it, but like I find it so adorable because I don't know, just seeing a kid with so much game is so funny to me. And Yurim is just she's into it i mean she she's letting herself be flirted with we love to see it um and then jisung one is like his best friend since birth who is like the top of the class class president type i can't even describe her as like super snarky and stuff i can't fully describe her i feel like we haven't met her as well as the others but i like her character and i like the acting of this person who i've never seen before so yeah they've had a few squad moments um and is it weird that Becky jin who was 22 is hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers uh maybe but he doesn't have much of a choice he doesn't really have other friends or other people to be with so it's like let's let him let's it's fine it's fine he has no one to be with let's Let's have a little pity for him. Uh, yeah. A rare case of me actually wanting to see more of the supporting cast. Because I feel like the main lead story is meaty. It's substantial. And getting the supporting cast is like, you know, the cherry on top. It's not a filler for a lack of substance in the main plot or in the main character storylines. You know, this to me is a very character-driven show very character driven i really i feel like i know these people well enough and i am interested in their stories and that's why i want to keep watching so yeah yeah it's really well written i really like it so far and the cherry on top of that is just the directing this director jong jiyun so good even from like the first the opening of you are my spring the first time i really watched him i already knew i loved you are my spring for the directing and even here, like, so vibrant, right? The colors, the music, everything. The world is so vibrant and so fun to watch. Um, the first few episodes were super comedic. There were a lot of comedic moments where I felt that, honestly, it was a bit stronger than the emotional moments. And then over time, like, the emotional stuff, well, they happened more frequently. I feel like we got deeper into the characters and their struggles and stuff and it became kind of weird to have these super comedic gags which i think they did the comedy just to break the heaviness because the show is not trying to be heavy and i appreciate that i appreciate the mood management okay aside from that this director their shots their everything so creative um, in episode 5, there was a sequence where, like, Hido was um, going through a fencing bout. She was in a fencing bout. And that was, like, th- those shots were interspersed with shots of Beiki Jin running to his brother and stuff. It's just very creatively done. I just really love the directing of this show. To me, this is Big Sang Best Director Worthy. If he doesn't get at least nominated for this, I I will question that whole award award-giving body so good so 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 good so the relationship between the main leads 
as of episode four, they kind of went. I mean, it was it's not romantic. It's not romantic yet. We know it's going to be romantic, but like, dude, she's a high schooler. Okay, she's a high schooler. I don't care if it's only four years. She's in grade eleven. She's in second year high school. She's not ready for a relationship with anyone outside of that world okay so i'm glad that the show isn't going full romantic with it it's like it's more of a special relationship where they get support from each other blah blah i appreciate that the undertones are there but they're not pushing it like he's kind of brother zoned right now as of episode six becky Jin is brother zoned and i appreciate it thank you let's keep it that way I think when, when she turns 21 and he's 25, obviously the title of the show and the title of the song, you should listen to that so good. I think they will not be overtly romantic about it until she's 21. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hopefully that's what happens. And yeah, that's, those are all my thoughts as of episode six. What's the verdict? I'm finishing the show. Usually it's like, okay, will I drop the show? Will I continue but not sure if I'll finish? Or will I finish? I will finish the show. I like the episode so far. And yeah, I've expected that at some point, maybe episode 9, 10, 12, it's going to dip in quality and be a bit slower. And I'm sure the romance, I won't really love it. No matter how well written it is, I'm gonna see some fault in the chemistry that does not exist yet or ever maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, I've stuck to other shows that I didn't like as much as this. So I'm sure I can stick to this. That's the verdict. I'm finishing 2521. the next show we will discuss is Forecasting Love and Weather starring Park Min Young and Song Kang. So quick background on everything. Uh, this is the director of When the Camellia Blooms. Uh, unknown writer as of, according to Asian Wiki, no previous works. And as for me, watching these actors, this is my first time watching Park Min Young. I tried a few episodes of Healer. It wasn't for me back then. It might be for me now. We'll see. And Song Kang, well, I've watched him in Sweet Home, in Navilera, in Nevertheless. I never liked him in anything. <laughs> I haven't liked Song Kang in anything I've watched him in. Um, and this is no different. Not no different, but more on that later. Let's introduce the characters and the plot-ish. So Park Min Young plays Jin Ha Kyung, the director of the forecasting team is that what you call it uh yeah song kang plays lee shi woo who is a extreme weather forecaster yep um we have yoon park playing han ki jun who works for the spokesperson's office am i right yeah and we have yura of girls day playing che yujin who is a reporter for a news site something like that and it's an office romance drama. We'll we'll get into that later, but at least I introduced the characters, so you know who I'm talking about. Okay, so the journey, starting with episode one. Honestly, I paid so little attention to the conflict at the start, probably because I didn't fully understand the stakes yet. And it's like, I mean, 
I know forecasting the weather and announcing it to people so they can prepare accordingly is important. Yes, it is. I just didn't feel the stakes of it. To me, the show is like reverse missing. In missing, so missing their trading company, it's like, dude, we know that arranging you know, meetings with clients and making sure that the shipment is uh, pushes through by this point in time and just making this deal and getting the best uh, resources and blah, blah, blah. Like, I know ultimately in the grand scheme of things, trading is not important. Trading will not change the world, but it matters to the characters. It matters to Jangure, to Mr. O, to, yeah, to all the people. It matters to them. And I care about them. And that's why no matter how meaningless their trading work is in the long run, it matters to me. That is my problem with this show. I should care about the weather. My god, the weather is important, okay? People's lives are important. People's lives are at stake if they don't announce that it's going to rain really hard or um, the, the temperature will be super low and so the roads might ice up. Like That matters in the grand scheme of things. But I cannot be bothered to care because to these characters, I mean, sure it matters to them. I don't care about them. And that is the core problem of the show. I can't even get to the recap part. Like, let's just get into the problems of the show. I cannot seem to care about these characters, no matter how much time you spend trying to make me care about them and their job. I mean, specifically their job. Because I just feel like the balance of the job stuff and the romance stuff, somehow it feels well-balanced, but I don't care about either of them. You know what the verdict of this show is going to be, but just stick with me, okay? Writing-wise, they're trying to do this thing where um, there's a theme per episode, like a... A weather concept that they try to explain and then they try to tie it back to the stories of what they're personally going through, the characters. So in episode one, it was about signals and how uh, Hakyong shouldn't have missed the signals that Han Ki-jun was cheating on her with, uh, what's her name? With Che Yujin. She shouldn't have missed the signals. And like, okay, yeah, interesting concept. But sometimes in other episodes, like, it feels very forced. Like, I have to, you know, do mental gymnastics with the voiceover trying to explain it in trying to tie it back to the stories or what what the characters are going through. It's, I mean, it's, it's an okay concept. And they're still sticking to it, you know? They're not dropping it yet. So we'll see how long they try to hold on to that and how effectively they can tie those themes back to the stories of the characters. We'll see. Well, someone else will, not me. You know where this is headed. Okay. So, from episode 1, I already predicted that Han Ki-jun was cheating on her. Come on. The moment he was introduced where the lock of his... The passcode of his apartment was different from what ha thought it would be. Come on. You know he's doing that so that she can't get in when he's with his, his mistress, whatever. They're not married yet. They were just engaged at that point. But, yeah, come on. Predictable as hell. And then after that... I didn't understand where the show was headed with Han Ki-jun and Che Yujin. Like, I didn't know 
what we were supposed to feel about them or where they were headed. But, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be, uh, you know, wanting them to get back with their former lover's story. I don't think that's where they were headed, but they started just focusing on the marital problems of these two, right? Even if, you know, they're the second leads and they're not they're not very sympathetic by, like, episode three-ish. And then suddenly, we have to see their marital issues. Because, yeah, what's the point of painting them as, like, these villains that aren't sympathetic when they are your second leads? Like, you know you're going to have to hold on to these characters for most of the show. So, yeah, I understand why they had to go to that angle, right? To make you feel bad for them-ish, or just to make you see that, you know... Yeah, they did something terrible, but their life isn't picture perfect. And that's why we should also, you know, focus on their stories. Yeah, let's move on to the main leads. And I feel like me not liking the main leads is a symptom of another major problem I have with the show that I will get to later. But first, so the main leads, what will happen to them? Um, One night stand, and then... For some reason, she feels like she has feelings for him. And then they do secret dating. But it has to be a secret because, you know, she just got out of a 10-year relationship with another coworker who got married in the span of a month. And it's just embarrassing. Let's just not do it. And also, she's the director now. And this is her subordinate. So, whatever. Yeah. One, like, I just don't understand. Like, why would you develop feelings for this guy so suddenly, so extremely to, you know, risk that, all of that, all these safety precautions just to not get caught or whatever. It's like, oh, clearly, sis, you're not okay. Clearly, this is a rebound relationship. Because also, um, she got cheated on by, by Che Yujin. You know, before she and Han Ki-jun ended up together. So, you know, clearly, you guys are rebounding. <laughs> this isn't a very, like, healthy or happy relationship, given that you have to hide it so much. So, yeah, I don't get it. And, like, oh my god, honestly, if I could skip Song Kang scenes and watch this purely for Park Min-yong, I would. But, uh, sadly, sadly, no. Okay, I just don't find Lee Shibu charming. I find his advances and his like, you know when K-drama male leads are just always there for some reason, like conveniently you are there? I hate that. It really pisses me off, especially here. I just find it creepy, right? And then they went to secret dating, which I felt was so unearned. Like it was a plot twist at the end of episode four that, oh, actually they were secretly dating since that, that scene at the end of episode two, blah, blah. It just doesn't make sense to me that Jin Hakyong, this woman who went through something traumatic and is kind of you know, a little ashamed in the office and stuff like that, would just automatically jump into another relationship with a much younger co-worker, her subordinate. It just doesn't make sense to me. And her as a character, like, why is she so incompetent? Why? Why does she seem to always be frazzled and just not ready for anything? And then we say like, oh, she's the youngest director. She is, you know, she deserved this spot. I hate it when a character is said to be good, but they're not showing that they're good. That really pisses me off. It reminds me of Kang Dongju of Dr. Romantic One, played by Yu Yun Sok. It's something I really disliked about his character. And it's something I dislike about Jin Hak Yong here. In general, it doesn't make sense why they're jumping into this relationship. 
maybe it's because like the chemistry isn't exploding the way it should because if the chemistry were exploding maybe i would understand why they're jumping into this but okay and then oh my god end of episode six she's going to ask him to move in with her and i'm just so confused like what's going on sis i'm sure they're going to explain it and uh, essentially some sort of cop out but it just doesn't make sense to me. If that were genuinely like, oh, I like you and I want you to move in with me, that would make no sense to me. Uh, but if they find a way to you know, make a cop-out and just use some excuse to make this a cohabitation show, oh my god, all the tropes. And yet, I'm not pleased. I'm not happy, even if I get all these tropes. I'm just not happy with their relationship. And I dislike it. I dislike all the tropes. They don't deserve these tropes. And then let's move on to, you know, my major, 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 major problem with the show. It's that it is nevertheless 2.0. Storytelling-wise, it's nevertheless 2.0. You know why? Because they start out with this main couple who has this, like, unconventional relationship. So in nevertheless, it was friends with benefits. And then here, it's you know, secret dating, one night stand, and now maybe cohabitation. Something different for the main leads. And then the writer realizes like, honestly, I can only go so far with just these tropes or just them. There's so little story here. So I'm going to, you know, flesh out the supporting characters I'm going to give everyone a story, everyone a love line, everyone's families has issues, everyone gets screen time to whatever, do whatever. And that annoys me. See, it's it's the reverse of 2521. In 2521, the main leads have an interesting story, and every now and then we get bits and pieces of the supporting characters. And that's why I want more of the supporting, because I know that the main leads can stand on their own. In forecasting love and weather, the main leads can only fill like 10 minutes of actual plot or actual character development. And then the rest has to be filled in by like, oh yeah, the work problem. Which, by the way, I don't mind having a work problem. You should have a work problem. It's an office drama-ish. But aside from the work problem, uh, someone's family is in trouble, or someone's having marital issues, or one person's developing a love line with another person, and another person feels unappreciated in the workplace. It's just filling up time because the main plot, the main characters have a weak story. That's what I dislike about the show. And that is why I will be dropping it. That's the verdict. I feel like if you as a viewer are invested in any of the characters or especially the main lead couple's relationship, if you're invested in them, go. More power to you. But it's not for me. I know it's not for me. And I have a lot of shows to watch. I have so many shows to watch. You will see. We have so many more shows to talk about in the future. I'm telling the truth. So that's it for me today. Um, these first impressions episodes... We will be having first impressions of everything, okay? Um, 39 is coming, Grid is coming, Juvenile Justice, the first few episodes, yes. Business Proposal, Military Prosecutor Doberman, yes. Maybe Crazy Love? I'll think about that. But yeah, February is a month. <laughs> 
February is the month of premiere. So many new shows to watch. And then the next cycle will come in April, which is exciting for me. There are several shows I'm really looking forward to in April. But for now, um, so far, so far, 2521 is my favorite of all the shows I'm currently watching. We'll see how that holds up because I know it's going to dip at some point. But it's nice to like something. It's nice to genuinely like something despite my initial apprehensions. For casting love and weather, I gave up. Episode 3, I knew I was going to drop it. But yeah, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow, and tell me what you thought about today's episode. See you soon!